I'm a Muslim, bro. I'm proud to be a Muslim. In December 2015, a 29-year-old British man of Somalian origin attacked three passengers with a knife at the underground station of Leytonstone in East London, severely injuring one of his victims by cutting his throat as he shouted, This is for Syria! A non-Muslim bystander who was concerned about the growing identifying and stereotyping of Muslims with terrorists called out from the sidelines, You ain't no Muslim, bruv! coining a social media hashtag in a rally cry against all perpetrators of violence in the supposed name of Islam. It has since emerged that Muhaddin Mir, the attacker, has severe mental illness and that this had partly manifested in a deranged attachment to extremist views, an attachment that culminated in the violent tube station incident. That his family had tried unsuccessfully to warn the police about and get help for his burgeoning mental health problems is a whole issue unto itself. But for whatever reason he acted in violence, the ostensible and offensive link to Islam by perpetrators that characterizes so many acts of violence and terrorism nowadays is one that true Muslims reject and from which they disassociate themselves. You ain't no Muslim, bruv, even though declared by a non-Muslim, sums up the sentiments of ordinary true Muslims who want no part in or identification with the sickness that is attempting to infiltrate their communities, taking advantage with lies and distortions of the disaffected, the deranged and the desperate, particularly if they are naive and manipulable youth. In what we hope to be an ongoing series called I'm a Muslim, bruv, We hear the voices of true Muslims, starting in this episode with a 14-year-old British Muslim from East London in the UK. In fact, he lives only a few miles from Leytonstone Tube Station. My name is Ghulam Shabir. I'm a social media activist on Twitter. I'm trying to spread the true message of Islam based on love. My mum was born in Britain and my dad was born in Pakistan. Ghulam Shabir's mum is a housewife and his dad is a minicab driver. He has two older married sisters and a 10-year-old brother. We speak mostly English, not that much Urdu, but we do sometimes. We're Sunnis. Sunni is a person that follows the Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. So what I mean by Sunnah is following the footsteps of the Prophet, so whatever he did, we should try and do that as well. He asked that we listen to a speech he's written where he outlines his understanding of the tenets of Islam. You'll find the speech on this episode's page at the Routing Out website at routingout.com. Watching the news every morning, I was regularly hearing of a group based in Iraq and Syria that was carrying out killings in the name of Islam. Often it was minority communities and non-Muslims that were targeted, but I also found that this group destroyed mosques and even the shrines of the Muslim saints who had brought Islam to these areas. This was not the Islam which I had learned. The Prophet peace be upon him said, If there ever is a war or jihad, then it is strongly prohibited to kill women or children and buildings should not be destroyed. Jihad means to struggle or strive. Islam is a religion of peace. When Muslim brothers and sisters meet, they say the greetings of peace. Salam alaikum, which means peace be upon you. ISIS, they are killing innocent people not because of their faith, but because of power. They are killing innocent people in the name of God, religion and Islamic state. 
Islamic State had never come into existence with violence or brutality. Islamic State and Islam is based on peace. The way the Prophet peace be upon him after his migration, the way he established the Islamic State after entering in the alliance with Jews, Christians and other non-Muslim communities by writing down a constitution, by protecting, propagating and enforcing human rights. They are murdering in the name of God and no faith in the entire world justifies it. Why are these youths decided to go and do their so-called jihad? Why have they left their families and education? Why have they left everything and gone to kill themselves and others? This is not new today. It is ISIS in the present. In the past it was another name. In other centuries before it was another name. The new names will keep on coming. Holy Prophet peace be upon him had already mentioned that they should appear a group young in age and foolish. They will speak the words of the best of people, they will raise good slogans, they will talk of Quran and Sunnah and Islam, but they will just mislead the people. But their throats will not pass their throats. Um, Holy Prophet peace be upon him said, whenever these people appear in any name, this is the duty of the community to terminate them. I am quoting from Sahih Bukhari, the most authentic book of Hadith. Hadith means a report of the sayings or actions of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, or his companions. Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Every time there will appear the groups, they will be terminated slowly until the day of judgment. They will keep on emerging till the last day. The first group of the terrorists, they emerged against the guided Sayyidina Ali, the son-in-law of the Prophet, peace be upon him. When Sayyidina Ali tried to resolve this conflict in a peaceful way through dialogue, they took up the arms and they rejected this peaceful settlement of dispute. They never wanted any peaceful resolution. They said, we will fight with swords and cut the throats of humans. The first name given to that terrorist group was Al-Khuriya. Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, they will be young in age, he said they will be brainwashed and are these qualities in the terrorists of this time. The Prophet peace be upon him said they will have thick beards, they will emerge from the east, they will continue emerging again and again until the last of them will appear near the time of the day of judgment. Their faith will not pass their throats. They will recite the Quran but the believers with recitation will reassemble them. They will try to trick people by inviting them to the Quran. They will talk of enforcing the Islamic system. They will talk of establishing the Quran in the form of Islamic State, although they have nothing to do with it. They will just be liars. They will be the most evil of creation. They will shed blood without any authorization. They are the people that are influencing the new generations and students. These actions are not jihad. Their acts have nothing to do with any faith, no religion allows violence. This is the wrong interpretation of the Quran, Sunnah, and what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, If you see the black flags, then remain on the ground and do not move a hand or a leg. They are claiming to be Muslims and they have killed many Muslims. They are bringing a bad name to Islam and the Prophet, peace be upon him. They are wrongly influencing the young people. They are going away from their families, friends and relatives. They are running away from a society that has provided them with free education. Who gave ISIS the right to declare jihad? Islamic State does not have any room for violence. The Prophet peace be upon him went to Mecca with 15 millions of his companions. 
They were ready to perform pilgrimage, but the Makkans did not allow them to enter Mecca just to visit the Kaaba, the house of God. His companions and followers, the biggest of that time, they were in a position to have a war to conquer the city of Mecca because they were upset, but the Prophet peace be upon him did not let them have a war. The Prophet peace be upon him listened to the Makkans and agreed to the unacceptable conditions. The companions got upset and some of the companions asked the Prophet peace be upon him, Are we not on the true path? Is it Islam the true religion? The Prophet peace be upon him said yes. They replied, Why are we compromising and accepting these unacceptable rules? The Makkans said you will have to cut your name off the condition because we do not accept you as the messenger of God. The companions replied, We are not ready to cut off the name, but the Holy Prophet peace be upon him himself cut his name off. The Prophet peace be upon him said, We do not want to have a war, we want to live in peace with everyone. The Prophet peace be upon him went back without performing pilgrimage. At that moment, God revealed a new revelation saying that you have completed the mission. Some companions asked the Prophet, What mission? And the Prophet peace be upon him replied, I have completed the mission of peace. ISIS are not Muslims. No one has given them the right to declare jihad. And they are not in my name, and they are not in any name. The Quran is being revealed and it hasn't been changed. It's written in Arabic. The thing is that in the 21st century, the Quran is, many people are trying to translate it, and they are interpreting it wrong. So I asked Ghulam Shabir about the meaning of the word jihad, and he says it means struggle and not necessarily on the offensive, or even against an outside force. Jihad, struggle. We should not attack, we should always defend. I mentioned before in the speech that if there ever is a jihad, then it is strongly prohibited to kill women or children, and it is strongly prohibited to destroy buildings. There's a cult saying that the best jihad is to... Is to wait, hang on one second. It says the best jihad is to fight the evil within yourself. Ghulam Shabir is very active in an organization called Minhaj al-Quran. There's this mosque, my mosque, and they had a Minhaj al-Quran event taking place on Friday. It was an interfaith harmony event. So I was invited and I went down there and there was Christian brothers, there was Sikh, there was... All different religions. Yeah, Minhaj al-Quran is a organization just for the general public, Muslims, non-Muslims, it doesn't matter what age because there's different categories of books. The headquarters is in Pakistan. There's quite a few in the UK. There's in Glasgow, in Birmingham, in Manchester, London. They've got different places of mosques everywhere. All around the world, there's over 92. There are different aspects to it, so they do loads of things that, for example, their leader, Sheikh al-Islam, Dr. Muhammad Tahir al he just launched a curriculum on peace and counter-terrorism in June. He's a book writer, he's an author, he's a lecturer as well. If you type in Google, Islamic curriculum on peace and counter-terrorism, the uh, imam of the mosque, he holds different classes for different people. Yeah, it's five to seven evening classes, so they recite Quran, they learn stories of the Prophet, peace be upon him, 
all the prophets have learned stories of that. Yeah, I'm a teacher assistant. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, from 5 to, I think, 16. When I was small, uh, my mum used to take me there for Sunday classes. In in my house, my mum's friend, in fact, there's classes for ladies that would uh, learn the Quran. It's mainly for Muslim women, but everyone's welcome. Yeah, they're good common. December 2015 was a month that brought a coincidence of celebrated birthdays in Christianity and Islam. 24th of December, Mawlid. The first time in history that two prophets' birthdays are coming together. On the 24th of December is Prophet Muhammad Wasallam's birthday. And on the 25th is Prophet Isa, Jesus, his birthday on the 25th. Ghulam Shabir explained that Jesus is far from insignificant for Muslims. Jesus, if any Muslim doesn't believe in Jesus, then there won't be a Muslim. We believe he is our prophet because all the prophets, they get a message from God to tell their people to talk about peace and to promote peace. Yeah. And God gives each prophet a miracle. We believe he, with God's permission, he cured people. There's Prophet Adam, there's Prophet Moses, Abraham, there's many more prophets. In the eyes of God, Prophet Muhammad, he's got a higher status and he's most beloved than all of the prophets. So what does Ghulam Shabir like to do when he isn't studying Islam? I like basketball. I play in the park. If I practice more, then I'll get the hungry. I just enjoy sport. He goes to a secondary school with about 2,000 pupils, many of whom are Muslims. I asked him if anyone is ever picked on for being Muslim and how his school deals with kids who bully. Bullying? I'm not sure. Sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe like a quarter of the class is Muslim. I've seen it happen once myself, so it's probably happened more than once. Not to me, to other people. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Some students, they get kicked out. The one more chance, then they would exclude them. Yeah. In the UK, religious education, RE, is a cultural learning subject, not faith-based religious indoctrination. It's taught much like geography, where you learn about the lifestyles and influences of different people around the world. The view is that basic cultural and indeed literary competence and understanding can't be attained without a knowledge of the beliefs and practices of the major religions of the world. Unlike in the US, where teaching about religions in schools is often met with suspicion and the presupposition that indoctrination or religious exclusivity is the agenda, rather than cultural learning, parents in the UK don't seem to fall as automatically into this confusion or to feel that their children's home-based faiths are being threatened. Ari, mostly in primary, we used to learn about the Christian story. Secondary, we start learning about more religions. Yeah, like the creation stories, and we do similarities and differences with other religions. 
I sent Ghulam Shabir several articles about American parents' outrage over anything to do with Islam being taught in American schools. It seemed to be a kind of resistance with which he was unfamiliar, and he even viewed it as a little bit silly, as if, for example, learning a language might suck you in dangerously to an alien foreign culture. You could tell by the parents that um, they didn't want their children to learn about Islam because of what's going on. That's just like saying you're learning about Spanish and then you're just going to go Spain and teach it or something. Mm. In the UK, not that much stuff. So are non-Muslim British parents okay with their kids learning about Islam? They're okay with it. I'm not sure if they're happy. Islamophobia is, however, far from absent in the UK, and the reaction to the you-ain't-no-Muslim bruv bystander was mixed. My older sister, she goes on a train to university in the city. After the Paris attacks, she's like really wobbly and scared on the tube station. People are staring at her. They just kept on staring at her everywhere. Some people, they were saying that uh, the person that said you ain't no Muslim, bro, is right. And some people are saying he's wrong. So uh, David Cameron says as well, you ain't no Muslim, bro, too. Yeah, because that person obviously not Muslim. Ghulam Shabir knows where he stands as he ends our conversation to go back to his family for the evening meal before settling down to his homework. Apart from being a devoted Muslim, he is, after all, just a British teenager with typical personal and scholastic commitments. Go and have dinner with my family, my siblings as well, the whole family. I'm a Muslim, bro. I'm proud to be a Muslim. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And take care. Bye. You have been listening to Routing Out with special guest Ghulam Shabir Arif. This episode was written, produced and presented by Zoe Badavinik. With music by Abdullah. Join us next time on Routing Out. <laughs>